good morning, afternoon, depending where you're at. Um, hope you all are having a good Saturday. Quick NBA rundown. Wanted to touch on some topics that are uh, some pretty hot and uh, some just are what they are. So uh, first and foremost, Josh Primo. You may have not known a lot about this guy until uh, yesterday. He was abruptly waived by the San Antonio Spurs. Um, and by all accounts, everything points to the Spurs being a very uh, player-friendly, people-first organization. The only person that would maybe say otherwise is Kawhi Leonard. And if you know that story, then you you probably understand the meddling of his sister and his uncle and uh, injuries that maybe were inflated and the, the commentary from Tony Parker that upset him and – there's a lot to the the Kawhi thing, you know. Greg Popovich's wife passed away, and he didn't go to the funeral. And there's a lot there. Otherwise, uh, you know, anti San Antonio folk or people that are maybe jealous of their success would say that the medical team rushed him back, uh, and maybe the regimen of training or uh, rehabilitation wasn't the way it should have been. But most people, I think, fully understand that. Uh, Kawhi didn't want to play there anymore and he found ways to get out. So whatever that's neither here nor there, but again, back to Primo guy above me here uh, is a young man, very young, uh, 19 years old, the youngest player drafted in the 2021 draft by uh, the Spurs, technically a lottery pick at pick number 12 in the first round uh, from Toronto, Canada, abruptly and suddenly waved. And what we know is that Greg Popovich missed the media conference was late, which was at uh, scheduled for five thirty central time and wasn't present for that, uh, at least not on time. And then we know shortly before the basketball game was set to tip off in San Antonio against the Chicago bulls, which oddly enough featured DeMar DeRozan becoming the 50th player in NBA history to score 20,000 points, a former San Antonio spur uh, Spurs won that, that basketball game. Uh, Primo was waived. Uh, so there was a lot of speculation. And then not long after um, you saw the, the fans, the Twitter sleuths, you know, the best investigators in the world, if you don't know. Um, I mean, you got Colombo, Perry Mason, Angela Lansbury. They're all on the case. You know, that's that, that times 100 is Twitter. Uh, when when these folks, myself included, get get passionate about finding something out, we're gonna find it out. Um, uh, all his merch was removed from all San Antonio sanctioned, uh, you know, Spurs related or controlled stores online. Uh, a gentleman tweeted at the game that that's not available at the game either, so they pulled off the racks too. So. That and then Primo released a statement uh, to Woj that basically said, I've neglected my mental health for some period of time and uh, people are probably surprised I'm no longer with the team and I need to address my mental health. Let me just tell you really quickly what that sounds like. And then let me tell you what an organization would generally do in this uh, situation, this circumstance, how they would handle it. First of all, it sounds to me, and I'd like to not speculate, it sounds like Joshua Primo is aware of something that's about to come out. And the Spurs became aware of it 
before the game, within 24 hours of the game. And then there was likely some damage control or conversations had or some legal entity is involved. Uh, and it definitely probably involves another person. It's probably not, you know, Josh has a drug problem or uh, an anxiety issue or a health scare. It likely involves another person. And, and unfortunately, likely, and the emphasis on likely, because I don't have any facts and I don't know, likely involves another person and something bad may have happened to that other person or to Josh or to both. So we can speculate. I don't want to speculate, but I think it's warranted. And and I think it, it deserves merit that an organization, especially a world-class five-time champion organization that is built uh, on the backs of a winning culture for three decades is not, is not going to cut ties and throw a guy on the streets that has mental health issues. Remember where Dennis Rodman before we had a winning culture in San Antonio. Okay. And I lived in San Antonio when this happened in the nineties. Remember where Dennis Rodman really started to take off. I still say to this day, smartest athlete of all time guy took the very basic core pieces and the fundamentals was the best at them, the best at them. And parlayed that into a lot of money and a really big career. What he did differently from Detroit to San Antonio, nothing. Still an incredible rebounder, a great defender, uh, stirred the pot, rattled the the opposing player. And he just took that and made a lot more money on it because he dyed his hair yellow, blonde, whatever, green, pink. You know, he started dating Madonna. He's in Van Damme movies. He's doing crazy stuff. He's hanging out with the guy in North Korea. So... Anyways, that's either here nor there. But re- recall that, all right? And and the Spurs didn't wave that guy. <laughs> um, so what could Primo have done that was so bad that required sudden, you got to go? Specifically, if it's a mental illness piece, there isn't a professional organization in the world that wouldn't want to control that narrative. If they had conversations that were like, hey, I am not right. And we'll talk about another guy here in a minute that fits that bill. I'm not right. I need to step away from the game. He's going to go on an indefinite leave. They're going to write up some BS injury report and let him take the year off and seek treatment. Uh, Or they'll be up front and say he needs to seek help for the following reasons, and they're mental. He's not waived first, and then a statement comes. What happened was he was waived for what is likely some egregious event, some some bad decision-making, an activity, a, an event. Something happened, an action. And then his attorney, his, his publicist, his team, someone said, you got to get in front of whatever this is. It's bad. Tell me of mental problems. You know, it's almost like you kill somebody. Oh, snap. Uh, We plead that he was crazy and he was impaired at the time. He mentally could. And again, I'm not certainly not saying that's what happened, but this is this sounds and feels a lot like someone trying to get ahead of an issue that they know is going to fall out pretty quickly. So I don't know what's going to happen. Again, if you didn't know a lot about Josh, you know, now also let's just talk about his talent. He's a six, six guy who can handle, who can shoot, 
Um, probably should have been a better defender, but there's no way this team was giving up on him. They were all in on him. He's one of the reasons why they were uh, able to let, you know, DeJounte Murray leave and go to Atlanta because they wanted to build these core pieces. Knew probably knew they knew it might be, it's not so far, but it would probably be a losing season. They might get a lottery pick uh, and they get the sweepstakes to get some of these big players that are available in next year's draft. And he was one of those core pieces. So to be waived suddenly, suddenly tells you it's a really big deal. Moving on to Ben Simmons. Ben, um, you know, there was an opportunity to shoot the other night, and some say Kyrie Irving yelled, shoot it, Ben. And I don't know. That's what they said on Twitter. But I'm not positive that you can tell that came from Kyrie, and it may have. Um, but if it did, it definitely shows the frustration that go-getters have. There, there's there's different types of players in sports. There's role players there's closers, there's the all-star, um, you know, there's a guy that wants the ball, um, there's the guy that doesn't want the ball, there's the guy that maybe doesn't even like playing the sport that much, but he's good at it, makes a ton of money, and you can be little pieces of all of those things, or you could be just only one of those things, or you could also be none of those things, but Kyrie is very competitive, Kyrie wants the ball, Kyrie wants to close, Kyrie wants to shoot, Kyrie wants to play. He's a completely different player than a Ben Simmons. And and to give an idea, Joel Embiid is the same player as Kyrie in terms of what he wants to accomplish when he goes in the basketball court is win a lot of games uh, and compete and give me the ball and I'm ready. And that same frustration you saw with Joel towards the end of the Ben saga and Joel was very vocal about it. You might be seeing that set in with a Kyrie. I haven't heard Kyrie say anything vocally. I haven't heard KD or Steve Nash or anyone else say anything vocally. But if Kyrie screamed that, knowing that's probably not ideal and that someone would pick up on that, shoot it, Ben. Uh, that's not great, you know. So his numbers, uh, 5.6 um, points a game. He's fouled out, I think, every game, maybe one he did uh, he's uh, seven assists a game and then six boards a game. Um, you know, 40 something percent shooter isn't great considering he doesn't take a shot from further than four feet away. Uh, I don't know that this guy ever gets back to where he was. I respect and I appreciate that he admitted that there was some mental things and the anxiety and, and maybe even depression. He couldn't have been in a worse city for that to release. In in uh, Philadelphia, it, it couldn't have been in a worse place. You know that maybe New York, you know Boston, probably the only places that would have chewed you up. You know, had he been in like Utah or Phoenix, I think he'd be closer to himself because you can see the vintage stuff where he has that explosiveness and he goes to the basket, not worried about anything. Now he's overly concerned, I think, about taking shots and missing them. Um. And that's scary, and that's sad, and I don't know that he ever gets back to who he was. The hopes are is that he does because this this basketball team is not winning without him. They're not winning a title. They're not winning the East. They're probably not getting past the first round of the playoffs. They're not beating Boston, okay? They're not beating Milwaukee, and there's other teams they probably won't beat. They won't, they won't beat Atlanta. 
Um, they just won't. So uh, early in the season, we'll see what happens. Um, but again, Ben's going to have to figure that out. Speaking of a guy that doesn't mind shooting irrelevant to the performance, West. West. This guy, you got to give him credit. He doesn't give a shit. He's going to keep trying. Okay. LeBron was asked about Westbrook's performance last night and the loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, the Timberwolves are a very good team. So certainly the Lakers went to 0-5, and and that's not good, and it's going to be talked about until they finally win a game. However, there's no Anthony Davis, shocker, and they've got Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Anthony Edwards. I mean, Minnesota is a – Rudy Gobert – Minnesota is a loaded basketball team that if coached properly – and they share the ball, and they run offensive sets, and don't just do one-on-one stuff, should be one of the best teams in the West and in the NBA. So losing to Minnesota is not an issue. The issue is they have, the Lakers, that is, have one of the toughest schedules in, 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 the, in the league, and they're starting the season, at least the beginning, I should say, and they're starting the season 0-5, and it doesn't uh, doesn't give up for a little bit. I think they get a couple easy ones uh middle of next week and then they can start looking at some W's. But Russell Westbrook is currently a 35% shooter. The idea and what was talked about was that West could come off the bench. But when you have an Anthony Davis who can't play, you need another playmaker out there. And that's probably not Austin Reeves. So the Lakers are going to keep running him out there until he figures it out, if he does. Some say it's for his trade value. I don't think he has a trade value. It doesn't exist. Will you find a team to take him? Maybe, maybe, but the Lakers capital and what they can offer isn't great. So that with LeBron aging, Davis starting to age and breaking down Russell, not great. The young pieces they have like Lonnie Walker's great. Kendrick Nunn is decent. Thomas Bryant and eh, Austin Reeves. Eh. I mean, they, they just don't have amazing Dennis Schroeder. Now journeyman, what do they have if they moved Westbrook? I mean, what, what are they, what are they truly getting? Cause in most cases, you're probably going to have to move a pick as well. No one's going to give you two or three picks for Westbrook and take that contract. It's not happening. So this sounds crazy. The best thing the Lakers can do is trade LeBron James. Period. I hate to say it, but there, there's no alternative. The takers on AD, that market, if not already, is very close to drying up because he continuously proves and shows that he is never, ever, ever going to give you a full season. Now, I know it's early. But you're already out with a back issue, and that's okay. It's not his fault. He wants to compete. It's not his fault. It's no one's fault when her body breaks down and betrays him. It is what it is. Sounds like his conditioning's great. Sounds like he has a good diet. The guy obviously is extremely talented and skilled, one of the better big men in the league. But when you think about big men in the league, you think about Jokic, Embiid, uh, Giannis, and then you think about this guy. And you look at the games played side by side, it's not close. It's not close. Now, I know when people go, oh, you guys talk about – uh, AD, what about Kawhi? What about Anthony, you know, or what about Lillard? What about Jamal Murray? Yeah, but these aren't guys that are big guys that are one in a million style players. When you find a man that big, that talented, that skilled, he's got to be on the court, period. 
I can find another guard or a small forward. I'm not saying they're going to be the talent level of Kawhi or Lillard or Jamal Murray, but I can replace those guys a heck of a lot easier than I can replace Anthony Davis, period. So bring it back in. It doesn't look good for the Lakers. They will not make the playoffs. They may not win 40 games. They may not win 30 games. I don't know. But I will tell you that Russell Westbrook's trade value is nil. They're going to keep playing him. Uh, and unless he suffers an injury, he's going to keep running out there, and he doesn't care. So there's that. We're going to finish up with uh, Kyrie. Back to the Nets here. Um, I don't know if you've done the research, but the book, um, and I'm not going to even get detailed on it, um, being painted as an anti-Semite because he is boosted, talked about, discussed, retweeted this book. Um, and I'm not sure it's anti-Semitic. I haven't read it. What I read says that it is. I'm not going to read it. I have no interest in it. Um, but the timing of all this with Kanye is 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 surreal. Uh, it's interesting. Kyrie is entitled to his opinion. The Nets have spoken out. Uh, one thing I would say as an NBA basketball fan or a, a, almost said New Jersey, as a Brooklyn Nets fan, these instances in the past have generally resulted in Kyrie missing time. I hope that's not the case and he just shows up and plays and tries to win some basketball games. The Nets are my pick to win the the NBA title, if you want to know how much I know about basketball. And that should or could, excuse me, still happen. But the time with the VAC stuff, obviously missing every other game that wasn't uh, on the road. Um, you know, when he was at a birthday party and, you know, then he needed time off and then he had some personal stuff and then the party next door stuff. And like, there's been so many instances where Irving just isn't available to play and he's entitled to that. He's an adult. He can do whatever he wants, but that's a regular occurrence. Um, so I'm wondering what impact this has on the New Jersey Nets, or excuse me, wow, again, the Brooklyn Nets ball club. Is this all now on KD again? Because the reason I thought this team could could really make significant progress and maybe not run, but almost run the East with Boston and Milwaukee this year was uh, KD didn't have to do everything. The games at home since Kyrie couldn't play and Harden left, KD had to do everything. KD's exhausted. He's not built like James. He's not conditioned that way. He's a beanpole that is exploded and just loaded with talent, but he's exhausted. Takes a beating from a lot of big guys every game. Still produces, but I was hopeful that Simmons could be a plus rebounder, not six. I'm talking nine, ten a game. You might need that with the absence of Drummond. You know, Nick Claxton's helpful, but if you're going to pay this guy this much money, he's got to give you nine, ten boards a game, probably more than six assists a game, and probably take more than one shot, but whatever. And he definitely can't be filing out with 10 minutes left in every game. Uh, and then that Kyrie could be Kyrie, which is control the, the pace of play, go to the basket when need be, kill people off the dribble as he's done his entire career going back to freaking high school, middle school, uh, and distribute the ball and get KD more open. Those were the hopes. So in the event that Kyrie doesn't play, this is a completely different team, especially since Simmons is not maybe going to ever go back to what we thought he was at one point. But to the human level and a personal level and the non-NBA level, 
if it is anti-Semitic, he should issue some sort of statement and apologize. And he may want to rethink it. If he truly feels that way, he is who he is and he's entitled to that opinion, but he needs to be prepared to defend that. So uh, that's the NBA rundown uh, for this week. I appreciate all of you listening, watching, hanging out. If you have any comments, that'd be great. I'd love to hear those. Um, uh, you can tweet those. The Twitter handle for the show is above board Joe at above board Joe. And of course, my personal is Joe underscore Yancey. That's spelled Y-A-N-C-E-Y three. So Joe underscore Yancey, the number three. So talk to y'all soon. Have a great weekend.